Hi friend, welcome to the Quiet Connections podcast. Do you feel anxious and not good enough in social situations? Feel like you're weird, broken or don't fit in? You are not alone. Join Hayley and Stacey on a journey to quiet confidence. Picking up key insights to help you feel more calm and confident. So you can finally speak up, join in and feel like you belong too. Welcome back to the Quiet Connections podcast. This is a special one today because not only are we joined by our wonderful guest, Fiona Campbell Howes, who is an introverted entrepreneur, founder of a global company, and freelancer with an inspiring message to share with you all. But this episode is also a real life example of a comfort zone stretch made by one of our quiet community members, Julia who reached out to Fiona, set up this call and leads the interview. So as it's always important that we acknowledge those comfort zone stretches and all the wins that we all make along the way, I'd like to offer a huge well done and thank you to Julia. So when you think of a woman who has founded a successful global company and numerous freelance businesses, what do you see? Now add presenting at conferences, delivering training workshops and working with top tech brand names such as Microsoft and Slack. You probably picture a person full of extroverted confidence who must never struggle to speak, network or feel doubtful, don't you? It's easy for us to assume that others don't experience the same anxieties that we do and for us to believe that we're less capable than they are or for us to strive for success based on what we are told that it's meant to look like, even if it's not what we actually want or suits who we are. Which is why I'm super excited to share this interview with you today because Fiona has a different message to share and we think it's so important for you to hear. Hello. Hi, Julia and Fiona. Thank you so much for joining me today. And Julia, thank you so much for setting up this interview. My pleasure. Um, today we're joined by uh, Fiona Campbell-Howes and Julia, who some of you may already recognise from an interview that I did with Julia a little while ago around perfectionism and also from being an active member in our quiet community. So, um, Fiona, would you like to start by sharing just a little bit about who you are and, and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So, um, so I'm Fiona Campbell House. Um, until very recently, I was the founder and CEO of Radix Communications, um, which is a copywriting agency, a specialist technology copywriting agency based here in Penryn in Cornwall. And I'm Julia. As Stacey said, I'm one of uh, the members of the Quiet Community. Um, I'm. Um, I've done some mindful baking, baking sessions, if some of you recall, but I've also been interviewed by Stacey about uh, my TED talk on, re- on perfectionism and my relationship with perfectionism. Um, today, I'm really happy to be interviewing Fiona with Stacey uh, because I think uh, Fiona's experience can be really valuable to the quiet community. Um, the first time I heard Fiona speak was at a Google Women Tech Makers event, uh, I think a couple or three years ago. And um, she was talking about her experience as an introvert of setting up a business and running a business. And I thought it was extremely inspiring and that it might benefit all of us. 
Um, so thank you, Fiona, for joining us today. Uh, to people who already don't really know you, can you tell us a bit more about your background and what got you into setting up a business here in Cornwall? Yeah, sure. So, um, so kind of professionally, I've, I've worked in the tech industry for my whole life. Um, so I started out maybe 25, 26 years ago, working in PR in a kind of technology PR agency. Um, but really quickly, I realized that the whole kind of media relations side of it, so schmoozing journalists, taking journalists out to lunch, uh, that, that wasn't for me. And I really preferred the, the writing side of things. So I loved writing press releases um, and case studies for my clients, uh, but I, I really didn't like the, the social side of it at all. Um, so kind of over the years since then, I've specialized more and more on the writing side. Um, so I've, I did work in-house for a bit of a, a big tech company in their PR department. Um, but I've mostly specialized as a writer and I've actually gone freelance as a writer four times now in my career. Uh, and the third time I went freelance was when I moved to Cornwall about 13 years ago. So I moved from London to Cornwall because I'd, I'd met a man and I moved down here to move in with him in Falmouth. Um, and I went freelance. I thought, well, I could work from anywhere as a writer so I can freelance easily from Cornwall. Um, but what happened was like just work kept coming. There was kind of more and more work. There was more work than I could do myself. So I thought, well, at this point I could like just pass it off to other people or I could hire people and start an agency. So, uh, so, so that's what I decided to do. So 13 years ago, I set up Radix, um, grew it to a team of about 17 people. Um, and then a couple of years ago, sold it to the other two directors. I stayed there for a little bit to, to just kind of see the transition through. And then earlier this year in March, I left Radix and I set up as a freelance writer for the fourth time in my life. <laughs> That's an amazing background <laughs> for, uh, for, yeah, that, that's really amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so you were saying that you, that setting up this business um, was quite, quite the adventure, I understand. Is it what you feel most proud of in achieving in your career? Um, so I, I do, I definitely do feel proud of it. Um, uh, sort of having set up the business and grown it to this bigger team and then having all these kind of clients globally around the world because you know we were writing for people like uh, well, Microsoft and Slack and Xerox and Salesforce and companies like that so I, I do feel proud of that um, but I think the thing that I'm proudest of is is the creation of the jobs um, because when I when I first moved to Cornwall I was already quite aware that um, Cornwall needed to have um, better jobs. It needed to have better, better paid, more permanent, more kind of um, sort of digital economy style jobs. Mm. And I thought, well, that's something that I can help a little bit with if if I've got this work that's coming. Um, so the fact that I, I created sixteen jobs I almost brought a new capability to Cornwall as well mm. because. You know, B2B technology copywriting is quite a specialist area and it's mostly concentrated around London and the home counties. Mm. And to have set up an agency, which is quite, you know, quite a world class agency, you know, with a global client base here in Cornwall, it's, it's almost kind of brought that skill to Cornwall, which is now being perpetuated because mm. I've left, but the agency is still continuing to hire people, um, still continuing to take on clients from around the world. So I think. I think that's what I'm most proud of. That's really amazing. <laughs> um, so 
thinking about all of that you can't like most most of our community might feel like oh she must be such an outgoing person and such a confident person um but actually you consider yourself as an introvert so can you tell us more about like what it was like to set up this business and to and to move on from the freelancer um world as an introvert and and, and doing all of that yeah so i mean i think there's two sides to it so so actually growing the, the business and, and sort of signing on new clients and talking to clients. And I really loved that side of it. I absolutely loved that side of growing the business because um, we were based in Cornwall and the clients were kind of in London or they were around the world. Um, there wasn't that kind of social aspect to it. And, and as an introvert uh, and somebody who has social anxiety as well, I really don't enjoy small talk I don't enjoy socializing I don't enjoy any of that but I do love talking to clients about work and you know what what their problems are and how I can solve them with my writing so I really enjoyed that part of it it was the it was the part uh it was the, it was the having the people the man, managing the people and I'm, I'm apologize to anybody from Reddix that might be listening to this I think I think they already know <laughs> and it's not I mean they were absolutely lovely people and they are absolutely lovely people but as an introvert, I like to have kind of my own space and my mm. own quiet time and my own alone time. Um, and when you're running an agency and it's kind of an open plan office and you've got 16 people around you and there's people coming up to you all the time with questions about things. And then because the office was only a minute's walk from my house um, and I had my young family at home, like that, literally that one, two minutes walk was my downtime in the mm. day. Uh, that was my quiet time. and that, one or two minutes. I mean, you, you will both know as introverts as well. One or two minutes of quiet time in the day is not enough. No, <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> so definitely that, not enough. <laughs> so, so that was the bit that I found difficult. The, the kind of always having people around me, always being in conversation, always having to answer questions and kind of uh, mm. just having all that kind of noise around me was, mm. was the difficult part. It's How kind of emotionally you? draining. <laughs> It is absolutely draining. And, you know, as a, as a classic introvert, you know, any kind of interaction and noise is, it drains energy. So, yes, you know, when that's all you've got in the day, <laughs> it's very wearing. Yeah. Did, did you have any techniques for how you managed that for such a long time? Like whilst being in the office, was, was there any like secret thing that you used to do that just helped it a little bit? Um, I did not in the office. In the office, I just like put up with it <laughs> um, but it, it was it was it was sort of coming out at weekends you know I'd have I'd have this really kind of stressful full-on week then on Saturday morning um, I would just be I just couldn't do anything and then mm. you know um, my husband would say oh you know let's go meet up with so-and-so or let's take the kids out to so-and-so and we would go and I would just have panic attacks and it would just mm. be really horrible and I eventually realized I, I need that Saturday morning like I have to have that downtime because otherwise I just I just can't cope with this like mm. so so we came to an arrangement in the end that I would have Saturday mornings to myself and he would take the kids out and I mm. would have oh, that's be alone in the house so oh that must have that, been blissful <laughs> that, it, yeah it was it was because I was I mean genuinely getting quite worried about myself mm. at, <laughs> at a certain point so. yeah and at some point you you really do need to ask for what you need and not yes. to, to actually care for yourself so yeah it's great to see that actually that made a difference to have those those mornings those Saturday mornings to yourself 
Yes, and I do think, you know, if, if others are listening in a similar situation, I do think you need to ask for that at work as well. I mean, I didn't feel mm. like I could because I was running the business. I felt like I need to be there for everybody all the time. Mm. Um, I need to go on all of these client calls. I need to be in this meeting. I need to be in that meeting. And I think if, if that's affecting your mental health, which it was for me, um, mm. I think you need to ask for some time. If you're not, if you don't have the power to give yourself the time, you need to ask for it. And if mm. you have got the autonomy to give yourself the time, then you need to give yourself that time. It's like, don't be so hard on yourself, you know, mm. try to push through everything. I think that's such an important message to share. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely a powerful message here because most of us don't necessarily have the confidence or have the courage to actually ask for what we need. Uh, sometimes we haven't even identified what it is that we need when actually it's, it's, it's just some quiet time. And especially at work, it's it's so hard to have other people who kind of understand the, the 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 importance of quiet time for us, and and that's a really powerful message to hear from from somebody who used to run a business. Um, like there is there is space for for quiet time, and you can you can ask for that to be to be arranged. That's that's really really powerful. I find um, definitely, and I. Uh I, I think a lot more employers are kind of understanding this now. I mean, I've seen a huge change in the last sort of 10 or 15 years in kind of understanding of different personality types in the mm. workplace and understanding of mental health issues as well. Um, mm. So, I mean, I know, I know as an employer that if somebody came to me and said, you know, I'm really struggling with this and I, I'd like to, you know, change my kind of working schedule to be like this to, for my own mental health, then I'd be really really willing to do that because you mm. want your people to be at their best and I think a lot more employers are, are, are really aware of that now much more so than sort of 15 20 years ago absolutely yeah and I think like it, it is an important thing to acknowledge and that actually there are many different ways in which we can actually work like our work days don't always have to be like that traditional nine to five or hmm. anything. and I think just having those conversations like like employers and, and employees having those conversations and coming to an arrangement can be such a fantastic thing to actually ensure that people are working at their most productive and, and that yeah. they're feeling comfortable and I know from my personal experience social anxiety in the workplace was a real barrier mm. and I just was almost like falling to pieces whilst trying to hide the fact that I was feeling so anxious mm. and that I was struggling to talk to customers and and you know struggling to talk to my boss and, and things like that and yet when I look back on it I kind of see that like if I'd actually just taken a little step towards communicating that to my boss and I actually think that she would have been really really understanding yeah yeah definitely and I think it takes time to un to even understand in yourself what you need yeah um so I, you know, I was I wasn't aware really for a long while that I needed those Saturday mornings to myself. And then as soon as mm -hmm. I became aware of that, it's like, oh, wait, I can make that happen. And that was a huge difference. That made a huge difference to my life. Um, and now, and now that I'm freelance again, I, I've realised that um, because I'm an introvert, after every kind of client call or conversation, I need to have some quiet time. So I now schedule that in for myself. So if I've got an hour long. Um, client call I will just schedule in like half an hour of downtime after that when I'm just going to do nothing but stare mm. into space <laughs> I just I yeah, just I need that to... time to recover um, I kind of wish I'd pushed for that more for myself while I was running a business because I didn't feel like I could as, mm. as a business owner I felt like I had to be there for everyone and do everything and it would have helped me a lot more if I had 
been honest with myself and my team mm. and said, I need to build this time in for myself. Yeah, yeah just say that that's something that you would encourage all business owners to to make sure that they're doing. Yeah, and I think because you're right that people won't always come forward um, mm. and mm. So they might not even know what it is they need. Um, so you know, I think if if you're a good business owner and you care about your team, then you'll 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 notice signs that people are not enjoying themselves, that mm. they're feeling under too much pressure, um, and often. Like it's not it's not a big change that has to be made to make mm. them feel better. So it might be something like you know le- le- just letting people work from home. And I think COVID nineteen has been really good for that. So it's been great. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, a lot of business owners now realise that people can work from home and it's fine. You know, mm. and they're not going to be skiving off. They are actually going to be doing work and they're probably going to be more productive if that's the environment they like being in. Um, so yeah i think yeah if 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 you're feeling like that's at work definitely talk to your employer about it but if you're an employer then definitely be um you know be aware that that your team might be facing these issues and kind of look out for little signs mm. and also give yourself permission to to have that time as well that you need <laughs> absolutely yeah i think that, i think that's probably one of the most difficult things that's as as the leader you want to be there you want to be seen mm. to be there you don't want to be seen to be like weak in mm. any way um so you feel like you have to handle every situation you have to be competent in every situation you have to be on all the time and there for people uh, and i think yeah it does help to be a bit more honest with yourself and your team about what you actually need yeah, yeah. it's always that that question around like being uh, being honest with yourself and being a little bit vulnerable to be to to allow yourself this kind of confidence around um, acknowledging your own needs and, and and making sure they are respected, and you respect them yourself, your, them yourself, um, and and it's appearing a little bit vulnerable, but actually um, to the better because that means that not only you're honest with yourself, but you're also honest about who you are and how you're feeling with your with your team, and they might relate and they might feel your your kind of more understanding and more empathetic as a as a leader. And, and I feel to me, these are, these are really important. I know that for me, knowing that my boss kind of allows for some time for themselves or, or are conscious of like their, their own mental health kind of means that they will be for other people. And I would feel more comfortable as, as a member of staff with that sort of more empathetic leaders. So, so I yeah, do feel I, that's I, a good quality. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And I, and I think it, it is it is something that's difficult especially i mean julia you know you, you're a perfectionist and mm-hmm. i'm a perfectionist and so there was that whole side of it as well um it's not just the you know i'm introverted i need quiet time but it's no. the, I'm a perfectionist and i need to be this perfect leader and i need absolutely to be and I it in every yeah. situation and yeah, yeah and like we, be a hundred hundred percent all the time and be there for everyone and and make sure i'm i'm the best all the time so that people can rely on me yeah that's <laughs> absolutely it. We, can right. really, <laughs> we can be really hard on ourselves like i never absolutely. felt like i could take a holiday you know i took mm. a holiday you know i had time off work but i worked mm. i worked through every single holiday through every bank holiday because i felt like that's what i had to do you know that's that was my perfectionism driving that yeah. so i can't be seen to like relax and take time off yeah when actually this is exactly what you, you must have needed exactly. and, and and looking back realizing all of that how does that make you feel uh it it makes well i am actually grateful that i've had this experience of running a business because it was very 
high pressure because I made it very high pressure. I was, mm. I, was, I was quite hard on myself. And I am grateful that I've had that experience to learn what I actually need and, and how I actually want to work and how I want to kind of interact mm. with people. Um, so I, don't, I think if I hadn't gone through that experience, I wouldn't, wouldn't really know myself as well mm. as I know myself now. Yeah, so everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. yeah even like what we consider to be bad things actually are just learning experiences so yeah that's amazing yeah and so looking at the um, your freelance activity now with all that knowledge that you've gained from leading radix and 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 all that knowledge about yourself and your needs um that that you've gained so far how does that kind of is conveyed through within your freelance activity uh, so I am now a lot, well, uh, <laughs> I'm a lot better at organizing my time. So mm. I, I know from experience how I want to work and how I don't want to work. So I'm a, I'm a lot better at that. Um, I know I know what kind of clients I want to work with and what kind of clients I don't want to work with. So mm. I'm kind of pickier about the kind of work that I do. Um, and I know... I know what I want to get out of working now. So I think one of your questions was around, you know, how do you, how do you get the confidence to follow mm. your dream? And I think mm. my thought on that was be sure that it is actually your dream. Um, mm. Because when I thought, oh, you know, I'll come down here and, and, you know, there's all this work, so I'll set up an agency. That wasn't my dream. You know, that, that wasn't what I really wanted to do. Out, out of life I just thought I should <laughs> I thought that was well, my the should word yeah yes <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so 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 now I now I know what I want to do and I, you know I, I don't want to kind of build and grow a business and like be always focused on growth and targets and doing mm. better this year than and the next year than this year um I just want to work on nice projects with nice clients and like mm. schedule my time so that I'm not like too stressed all the time. I like mm. a bit of stress, but I don't want to be absolutely stressed every day. Mm. Um, no. So I've, I've, I've learned a lot of that, but I, I do think, you know, it, I, I, maybe it's just me or maybe it's like lots of introverts. We, we feel pressure to be something that we're not. Um, mm. Yeah. So, <laughs> We feel if we're like talented at something, we feel pressure to be like really, really successful at that thing. Mm. And success means like getting out there and you know making people aware of you and growing and getting bigger and and you know mm. all of that. Um, and I think you just have to be really sure: is that actually what you want to do, or does your ideal life actually look like something else? Mm. Oh, I love that so much. I've been having multiple conversations with clients recently about this idea of like success and um like people even just recognizing good qualities in themselves as being like it has like if they're not doing something grand or something big mm. it has no meaning and that it's it doesn't count and like I just keep having these conversations where actually the more and more we explore that the more we realize that actually it's the really small things in life that can be mm. really meaningful yeah. Yeah. and that like you don't have to be this like international global business mm. in order to actually have been successful in life it could just be that you've had you know that like you're really good at attending your garden and yes. you're a really good gardener yeah. and, and that actually those little things are what brings joy and and those things are just as impactful and meaningful like in the grand scheme of things so yeah I really love that the sense of like you really have to be like honest with yourself actually what is what does success look like for me mm. what does that yeah. look like for me 
That's exactly it. Because I, I mean, I, I think my whole life I've kind of defined success as in other people's definitions of yeah. success mm. and you know, what other people would like to see me doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've realized that that's just, that just leads to a whole lot of stress and mm. pressure because it's never, you're never good enough, you know. No. You know, I used to think, oh, well, I've built this agency and it's doing pretty well. And, you know, there's a lot of us and I've really, really pushed myself hard. But then I look around and there's like huge agencies and global agencies and language mm. is tiny compared with them. So should I, at one point I started thinking, well, I should probably, you know, open an office in the States and, you know, start growing globally. And then just the thought of getting on a plane <laughs> and, going, and going to the states and looking for an office and like going oh, to yeah. and getting visas no it's like not, <laughs> not, not for me <laughs> that's somebody else's view of success it's not mine absolutely yeah and i yeah. think that is such a big thing that so many of us experience is, is that pressure from like what is like what do we believe other people are expecting from us and yet that expectation might not always match up with what we truly want. And yeah. No, and who we truly are as well. Yeah, like, that's, and that's... I think the earlier in your life that you can sort like, disentangle those things, mm. the, the more enjoyable your life's going to be. Because if you spent, I mean, I'm nearly 50 and I've spent a lot of my life trying to live up to other people's visions of success. And mm. it's just led to a lot of, well, I mean, a lot of mental health issues for me. I mean, I have... Mm. I, I've, I've been through periods of panic disorder, you know, I have anxiety attacks, I'm still agoraphobic, I can't really travel. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, and, and all of that is from trying to live up to somebody else's ideal of what I should be doing. Mm. And and do you think this is this is the sort of like message that society in general is kind of conveying at the moment? And this is kind of like we should live up to what society's um, expectations people are so I think there has been a lot of that and I think social media has been responsible Mm. for a lot of that Um, and like people putting their best selves out there on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook Mm. and what have you and Instagram and you know you're thinking oh god you know I've got to live up to this ideal now Um, I think that the the pandemic has almost reset that has mm. been a kind of global reset for everybody it's really interesting about you know what actually does matter and you know what do we want out of life and can we continue to live at this pace because it was just getting ridiculous mm. you know uh, you know even me I was like up to London like every week on the train like you know up up mm. you know first train in the morning one hour meeting in London then back on the train like, yes the train in a day for one meeting awful <laughs> <laughs> I've done that too and it was yeah. tiring exhausting yeah and now we know we could just have that meeting by zoom and then you've got yeah. 12 hours back I'm finding you very inspiring Fiona because like you have gone from like from what on the outside a lot of people would have perceived as being like the dream of like this big agency global clients and then actually you've been like no that's not for me that's not who I am and I'm going to go back to freelance and more like intimate one-to-one type thing which I actually feel like is is quite a thing like for introverts like we prefer that intimate one-to-one type basis and and having that freedom to actually care for ourselves and and take take time Mm. that's actually quite interesting because um I mean the the role of a freelancer you're you're kind of on your own and and you need to 
have that income coming and you need to generate those leads. So to me, it kind of feels that for an introvert, it might still be quite of a challenge because you still need to generate those leads. You still need to network and, and to, to, to get this pool of clients that you can, that you can work with to guarantee that income. So how, how do you do as an introvert to guarantee, to, to kind of lead your, your freelance activity? Yeah. So, I mean, that is an interesting one because, um, sort of back sort of mid, mid 2000s, late 2000s, when I started Radix, the kind of prevailing thing was you have to go out and network. You have to go to kind of actual physical networking events and meet people, strangers and talk to them. Um, and that, I just found that utterly terrifying. And I know lots and lots of people find that utterly terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, and I forced myself to do it because I'm driven and I thought it was the sort of thing that I had to do. So <laughs> I forced myself to do it. <laughs> I realized that, well, first of all, I realized it's not actually that bad when you actually get there. Mm. Um, but I still didn't really like it. Um, mm. And I also realized I wasn't getting any business that way. It's like that, that wasn't oh. working for my business. So, and what was working for my business was, was sort of online networking. So mm. um, definitely being on LinkedIn, that's where, um, in my freelance days and, and now that's where most of the work comes from so it's far far more valuable for me to kind of nurture relationships like kind of professional relationships on LinkedIn than go to networking events um, and I think I think that's I think that's important for introverts to know it's like you there is not there's no one route you know you don't have to go to physical networking events like you absolutely don't have to you can get business in other ways and, and you know LinkedIn in particular professionally is really good for getting business um so once i realized that i was quite happy and like minimized <laughs> minimized the number of networking events that i actually went to um, it's actually interesting because to, to, to actually realize that physically going to networking events didn't bring you any sort of work whereas going online and meeting with people online in a much more comfortable way was actually the best way for you to 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 get get those clients as well so do yeah. you think in here there's some sort of like because you felt more confident going online then your personality kind of came when came across much better than going to physical networking events um i don't think to me it's not to do with my personality mm -hmm. um i i really admire people that like really put their personality out there on 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 linkedin and on other social platforms because that's not me i'm a very kind of closed person i don't really like my personality to come across what I want to come across is my uh, capability my, my experience my ability to actually do the work um, so I yeah I feel I feel confident that that, that comes and especially as a writer because you know writers you you're not speaking is not the thing you know speaking is not what we do mm. <laughs> so writing is what we do so like on the internet you can put your writing forward you know your yes. writings there and it kind of speaks for you um, so, so from my point of view, that's, that's worked really well, much better than, than the in-person networking. I love that because what I heard there is that actually you're utilizing your strengths and you're working to your strengths and actually that's what yes. has been successful is, yeah. is you just, yeah, acknowledging this is what I'm good at and I'm going to use that to its most advantage. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, speaking is not the best advertisement for my skills. <laughs> <laughs> so. You say that, but at the same time, um, I, I'm sure you've, you've had to speak to people and you had to deliver presentations before and, and you, you kind of put yourself forward um, during like for public speaking and, and such events. How did you cope with those? 
Yeah, so that's a really good question because I mean, you, you, you've asked me to come on this interview because you saw me present at the Google Women <laughs> Tech Makers event. And I think uh, you, you may think that I came across as very confident. <laughs> Uh, Absolutely, you did. <laughs> but I, I can assure you that I felt exactly the opposite. And although I do, I have done a number of speaking engagements, I really don't enjoy them. Um, and so, you know, for, for the kind of five or 25 minutes that I'm on stage speaking, that's fine. Um, but then after that, I'm just, I, I just go to pieces. So, you know, after you saw me speak, I, I, like, I had to go and sit down in the dark corner mm. where nobody could see me because otherwise I would just be having panic attacks. So, uh, so, so, so basically I hold it together for the time that I'm on stage and then I go to pieces. That's, <laughs> that's how I cope with those, uh, those things. And, um, and, and preparing for them as well. So yeah. uh, mm. for me, I have to be really, really prepared for those things. I have to be mm. really confident that I know exactly what I'm going to say. I can't just get up on stage and, and wing it. Yeah, that's what I've always felt around public speaking is the more the more I prepare, the more I rehearse, the more confident I feel about delivering the presentation. I've also found that um, engaging with the audience was was quite comforting because I felt I wasn't just on my own presenting. Mm -hmm. um, so I kind of had I kind of found that having like, engaging with the audience, trying to make them involved as well and asking yeah. them questions kind of put them on the same spotlight that I was on and kind of sharing that sort of difficulty. Um, I've always found that this was this was quite helpful. Kind of shared the responsibility of, of delivering the presentation <laughs> yeah I, I think i think that's a really good point so you know it, it helps you not feel so exposed and so Absolutely. alone um and i know this is something that i've really experienced at work because i well when i was at radix i used to run a lot of workshops for clients oh yes um, like messaging workshops and they would be like quite intense like four or five hours mm. workshops and i used to do the work they all the the client team were like sitting around the table in the room and i'd be like standing like a teacher basically at, at the whiteboard and writing up the things that they were saying and sort of asking them questions and stuff and then after a certain number of those i just started to have panic attacks in the middle of those mm. things i absolutely hated it i felt like i was exposed like everybody was looking at me like i was on my own um to the point where I actually went and got um, uh, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, because mm. I couldn't cope with doing these workshops anymore. And it was just, I, they, were, they were all I was thinking about. I was just like terrified of the next one. So I had to do them all the time. Um, and then I just tried a different approach one time. So I just, instead of standing up, I sat at the table with mm, the people. Yeah. Um, and instead of writing on a whiteboard, I basically just like projected my screen and like, type notes so they could mm -hmm. see the writing appearing up on the big screen and that completely changed it i haven't had a panic attack in a workshop since doing that oh, that's really I, great yeah I, I can relate to that so i remember um i did i went into a university a couple of years ago and was going to do a presentation in front of some students mm -hmm. and as i got there i started to feel really really nervous and i was like right i need to do something to make like myself feel more comfortable in this situation and I spotted a beanbag over in the corner and I was like, I'm actually just going to sit on the beanbag in front rather than stand up and like make myself like, well, feel too exposed. I was like, I'm going to mm. settle into a beanbag, feel comfortable and just yeah. like talk to them as if we're just having a casual chat. And that was so mm. much more effective for me because I felt more comfortable. I felt more confident. So. Yeah. 
yeah I think that's really important yeah and Mm -hmm. I I think you know a lot of people have this fear of getting up in front of an audience and talking and I think Mm -hmm. if there are things that you can do to make yourself feel just more part of the the audience rather than Mm -hmm. they're all looking at you then I think that (laughs) definitely definitely agree with this statement um i'm conscious that we're reaching the the end of our interview unfortunately it's been really interesting (laughs) it's been really great um but i i mean the reason this is so inspiring is because you put yourself through so much um exposure and so much uh um so much uh comfort zone stretching through your career and especially through radics and and it's really inspiring to see you as an introvert kind of going through that and having Mm -hmm. the same fears and the same anxieties but still finding your own ways to kind of make through it and that's that i think that's the most inspiring thing through this interview is that you always manage to find a way to make it comfortable for you even though it wasn't too comfortable Mm -hmm. um so i guess what i would like to end on is um what sort of advice would you give to people for them to feel a bit more comfortable stretching their comfort zone so I think it's definitely finding the right way for you. Just forget what you've seen other people do. Yeah. You know, that, that might work for them. But if that doesn't work for you, just don't, don't do it that way. Find, find the way that, that works for you. Um, and just, I mean, don't, don't, don't feel like you've got to get yourself too far out of your comfort zone. Um, mm. I mean, if you like really pushing yourself, then, then yes. But, you know, don't feel pressure. You know, don't feel like you know, you're, you're letting somebody down or you're not living up to somebody's expectations if you don't like really put yourself out there. I think it's about being honest with yourself about what you are comfortable with and what you're not and building your kind of life and your career around what, what you feel what you feel happy doing. Mm. You know, if you're being successful in inverted commas, but you're not happy, then you're not being successful. No, it's not success, is it? <laughs> oh thank you so much that's a lovely message thank you so much for being with us today fiona that was that was great a great great interview and i'm sure it will inspire so many people in the quiet community to to kind of like feel feel that they they can do it as well and they don't need to stretch themselves too much to be successful and to to kind of yeah do do what they want so thank you and, for and your experience yeah everybody is kind of experiencing these anxieties like none of us are truly alone with it so no. yeah, thank you for your vulnerability it's been really great hearing your story today thank you that's an absolute <laughs> pleasure thank you very much for inviting me and 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 i will like one last thing is like i was terrified of doing this interview <laughs> <laughs> i was terrified as well <laughs> And now I've done it and it was lovely. (laughs) So I'm glad. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. So it's been great to speak to you. Oh, well, thank you for uh, for your time on this and thank you for your brave, bravery, braveness, bravery. Can't remember. Courage. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much, Julia, for setting that No, no, my pleasure. So how might you redefine success on your own terms? As someone who is more introverted and more naturally quieter, What does that quiet confidence look like for you? Thanks for tuning in and be sure to check out next week's episode. In the meantime, stay connected. Thanks for listening. You can find the show notes from this episode at quietconnections.co.uk. If you enjoyed this episode, please help us reach more people by leaving a review.
with gratitude for the support of the National Lottery Community Fund.